Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to the 11th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Heart Warrior Siblings, and we have a great show for you today. Today's show is Brother of an HLHS Warrior, and our guest is Joey Jaworski. Joey Jaworski is the older brother to Alex Jaworski, who was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, or HLHS. Joey and Alex are three years apart in age. They spent a tremendous amount of time together since they were homeschooled. Joey went to public high school when he was 16, but until that time, he spent every day with his brother in the classroom and out. Joey is now 26 years old, and he just recently moved back to Texas. For most of their adulthood, Joey and Alex have lived in different states until December 2017. So welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Joey. My longtime listeners may remember you from season one of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thank you for having me today. It's definitely good to be back. Well, it's been a long time, but I really enjoyed having you on the show, my first season on the air. And we talked a little bit about this then, but there may be some listeners who are listening now who didn't hear that first episode. So can you tell us about what you remember about Alex as a baby? As a baby, mostly I was really, really young. I was just three years old whenever Alex came into the world and Pretty immediately, he was hospitalized. He was home for very little of that time before he went to the hospital because of the severity of his congenital heart defects. He needed two surgeries. It would have been three if they hadn't combined the last two. Mostly what I remember is Alex going through that. (laughs) I spent a lot of time trying to make everyone feel better when I could, you know, trying to make my mom smile and my dad smile because I know it was really hard for them and just making sure that you guys didn't have to worry about me. You know, I was very, very young when it happened. Right. And so for those people who haven't picked up on it, you have the same last name as me and you happen to be my son. Yes. <laughs> so on, yeah. the, on the mom, you're talking about that you were trying to make feel better. And Joey, yeah. I just loved how when you were little, even as a three-year-old, you were able to use your sense of humor to try and handle difficult situations. And I, I loved that about you. I think that's definitely one of your strengths. Humor is definitely good for dark situations. What's what gets us through the night, as I've been told. Aside from knowing that Alex was in the hospital, do you remember visiting him when he was in the hospital? That much is pretty much blacked out. Like I said, I was very young. Don't have a lot of memories at that time. I do remember seeing Alex when he was a little baby. and I remember knowing that he was different and that he needed a lot of help from you guys and that you guys were doing everything you could for that. But as for actually being in the hospital, I remember waiting rooms. (laughs) 
Your Aunt Susan and Aunt Karen brought you up to the hospital after he had his first surgery. And I had asked them not to because he was still on oxygen and he wasn't looking too good. And I didn't want you to be afraid, but they did it anyway. Because, <laughs> you know, your aunts were going to do what they wanted to do. And so they called to let me know that they were there. And I remember walking outside of Alex's room and there was this huge white hallway and I remember you coming off of the elevator and me just falling to my knees and you running up to me because we hadn't seen each other for several days. And it was kind of like a hallmark moment. So I wondered if you had remembered that. But I'm glad to know that seeing your brother on oxygen and all of that wasn't too traumatizing for you if you don't even really remember it. But you were you were so wonderful with him and you were so gentle and sweet with him. I don't think it was traumatic because I was very young. I adapted to it well because I was so young. You know, I just took it in stride. And I think it helped me a lot later on when Alex had to go back for surgery. You know, I think that the normality of it, because it was just what I was used to when I was younger, kind of eased me through some of that, the weirdness that you guys had to experience of it being so extreme. Right. One of my other guests this season said this was our normal. And so yeah. I guess that's the way it is for you, too. That's just what you knew. As the oldest brother in your family, did you feel that you had to help take care of Alex, given all of the doctor's appointments that he did have and the fact that he was younger than you and you had to go to those doctor's appointments with him? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, He's my little brother. Of course, I take care of him. I'll always take care of Alex. Do you remember going to the appointments and making him laugh when he would be nervous? <laughs> I do remember trying very hard to make him laugh, even though sometimes it sucked. I do know that. I remember one time he was sick, and I don't remember whether it was related to his heart defect or whether it was just normal sick or what it was. Uh, we were a little bit older at that time. We may have been living in Florida, so maybe I was seven or eight. And I remember Alex being in the hospital and he was nauseous. He was vomiting. So they gave him one of the little hospital vomit buckets mm -hmm. that had units of measurement on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Alex puked a lot and he was feeling really horrible. And he looked up at me and I was like, awesome, dude. You filled it almost all the way up to like 800 milliliters or something. <laughs> Oh I remember God. him not thinking that was <laughs> That was when he had to have his teeth removed. He he ended up having an abscessed tooth when he had fallen on the train as we were going to Florida. It took two years for that tooth, which had been fine. It was a little baby tooth. Uh -oh. We were just hoping yeah, it would fall out, and it wouldn't fall out. And so we noticed that it had turned black, and the dentist said, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to do oral surgery on him. And, yep, he had a reaction to the anesthesia, and he did vomit all over the place, <laughs> including all over me before we got that container that you said he filled up so yeah. awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But see, that's what I mean. You are always so good at just going with the flow and trying to make him laugh even when he did not want to laugh. And that was one time. <laughs> I don't think he was wanting to laugh with you. <laughs> no, not that time. But sometimes he'd laugh. 
you know what? A lot of times he did laugh. A lot of times you were just what he needed to diffuse the frightening experience that he was having. Because to him, I'm sure some of that was traumatic, but you ended up making it something that he could live with. And it's interesting because when you talk to him about things now, there's a lot of things, just like you said, you blacked out some of those things. He blacked out a lot of those things. And I think if he hadn't had you there diffusing it with humor, it might have been traumatic. It might have been something that he remembered with fear. Yeah. Did you play with Alex like you did with your other friends? Did you ever worry about hurting him because of his scar? Not at all. No, I treated Alex just as I treated anybody else. Rougher, of course, because he's my younger brother. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there was no reason. Alex, no, I I didn't need to treat him differently. He didn't want to be treated differently. He would have been upset had I treated him differently. So no, I just treated him like any older brother would. You know, we played together. We fought together. We did everything together. Even in karate, even when you guys were taking taekwondo, you didn't ever take it easy on him a little bit? I would make sure I didn't kick him in the chest. I would do that for sure. But no, when we were sparring and everything, we were learning how to fight and how to defend ourselves. He's just a kid at the time. So, of course, I wasn't trying to murder him, you know, trying to beat him up. But um, but I'd attack him, you know. I'd try and teach him how to defend himself, and he'd come back at me. But I would always make sure that I didn't kick him hard in the chest or punch him hard in the chest because sometimes that would hurt him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that you did a good job of preparing him for the real world. The most common theme that I hear is why. She always needed uh, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Before the break, we were talking with you, Joey, about your childhood and what it was like having a brother with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. But now I'd like us to focus on your adulthood. Can you tell me how it felt for you when you were 20 and Alex was 17 and he was back in the hospital having another open heart surgery? Uh, I think as an adult, it was more difficult because I didn't want to see him go back into the hospital, didn't want to see him go under the knife. So I was frustrated, felt like it was out of my control, but I was spending more time with Alex than I'd been. I think I was in Austin at the time. I remember hanging out with him and us talking about it. And I was asking him how he felt about it, if he was scared or not. And he told me, no, he, (laughs) he said, of course, I'm a little bit worried about it, but he was like, but I know I have good people who are working on me. So this time around, it was Alex who made me feel better. Because I was really worried for him. I didn't want anything bad to happen to him after he accomplished so much. And like you call him, being been a warrior through so much. Mm-hmm. Fought so hard to keep his life. I didn't want anything to take that from him. And, of course, he came out of it fine. You know, with flying colors. I shouldn't have worried. But it's hard not to. Yeah, I 
I hear you. <laughs> I think it is hard not to worry. We worked really, really hard, though, for him to have continuity of care. And I felt really lucky that he had the same surgeon. He had the same anesthesiologist. Some of the nurses that took care of him when he was 17 were the same nurses who took care of him when he was a baby. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like everybody who was there loved him like we did. And they all wanted to see him do well. Yeah. And that, that definitely put my mind at peace more, too. Yeah. I think it's interesting how it was a role reversal, and this time he was able to make you feel better. I think that's really neat. Yeah. It's good. It's part of the cycle. Exactly. Exactly. So he had that surgery, and then it feels like before I knew it, he was leaving for New York. How did you feel about him going all the way to New York to go to college? Oh, I was proud of him. I was very proud of him for taking that step to throw himself into something completely unknown and to do well, which he did. He did do well while he was there. He explored, he learned, he made friends. It's what college is supposed to be about. Were you nervous with him being so far away from home? No. Not really. I knew if anything happened that he would either have good care there and we would come to him or if it wasn't as severe that he would be able to make it home so that he could have the same people who took care of his health around him again. Yeah. Yeah. I think I worried enough for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find some good doctors there and gave them all of his records. And I knew that if something happened, he was close to some really good facilities. But it's interesting how you really didn't seem to be too worried about him. And he wasn't worried about himself at all. Yeah. He was ready to get out there. Yeah. What's the point in fighting for that life if you don't do anything with it? <laughs> well, exactly. And that's why I couldn't hold him back. I had friends who said to me, how can you let him go all the way to New York? And I said, if he doesn't deserve the chance to fly, to spread his wings and explore the world, who does? Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Well, then you moved. It's not bad enough Alex moved to New York. Then you moved to Florida, and you were there for two years. Mm -hmm. And one of those years, Alex took a road trip to visit you. Why don't you tell us about that visit and some of the things that you did? We had fun. Some of the things uh, that the mother should know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex really wanted to go to the beach which is my favorite thing to do in Florida. I had a list of beaches that I would cycle through. And so we ended up taking him to one of the beaches that Ashley and I would take the dogs to. And he just had a blast. He loved being out there. It was great. He's very good at relaxing, <laughs> which is pretty much what Florida is all about, is uh, island life, as they call it. Mm -hmm. We just had a good time. Especially after being apart for a while, it was really good to see him. It made it become more apparent that he had done what he wanted to do throughout fighting through his congenital heart defects, throughout fighting effects of hypoplastic left heart syndrome. He's normal. He's doing the things a normal guy would at his age. I was, he must, so he fought through the hypoplastic left heart syndrome and he fought through all that that he had against him that he overcame. And he became just a normal guy, which is what he wanted to do. Not normal in the sense of being average, but normal in the sense of being able to do what he wants. He wanted to come travel and take a road trip to see his brother. And he did. We had a good time and that was it. You know, I told him I was planning on moving back to Texas. 
and said that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually I came. Yeah. So one of the things that I was really proud of him with is that he has not given up his dream to be a writer. And one of the reasons he wanted to take the road trip on the bus, which I'll be honest with you, that had me a little nervous, but (laughs) went okay. But one of the reasons he wanted to take the bus was... First of all, he wanted that experience. He wanted that experience in case he wanted to write that into one of his books. But also, he knew that it would give him hours and hours and hours of time where he had no responsibility. Whereas if he had driven, he, you know, he wouldn't have been free to do whatever he wanted to. So he told me that he was actually planning on writing as he went to Florida and as he came back. What did you think of that? I think it's great pursuing his passion. He's always been very good about doing that every single day. And he tries to write, which is excellent. And he's produced a lot of material through doing so. I have one of his books sitting right here. I can see it right now, actually, in my bookshelf that he wrote. It's a fantastical story about uh, the gods and the demons and nether worlds and cool stuff like that. So, I mean, he, he does it, he makes it happen. Um, whatever excuse it is that he uses to go right. It's, it's usually, (laughs) he likes to make up excuses just to go be by himself and write, just produce material, which is perfect. That's how writers are supposed to be. You know, they're supposed to put it down on paper and he does, he makes it happen a lot which is cool i find that hard to do myself at times so i admire that i admire his um his, what is it his tenacity tenacity yeah <laughs> yeah his tenacity exactly it's surprising to me how opposite the two of you are he really is an introvert he really does feel more comfortable in a very small group situation or like you said all by himself whereas you have always been such an extrovert and seem to like to be right in the middle of a group of people. How do you think um, that affects him as a writer versus you? Because you, just like your brother, have really good writing skills and you're very creative. You mean, how does the difference of your social setting affect your writing skills? Well, how does being an extrovert versus being an introvert? Like, do you think that's why it's hard for you to write? Because as an extrovert, you want to be around people. You don't want to be sitting by yourself writing. <laughs> No, I think I'm just lazier than Alex, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I think the difference between the two is really just the experience that you gain, whatever that may be. Alex is more reflective. I'm not. (laughs) I do things more, especially without thinking about them. I think that that's maybe a symptom of being an extrovert. I don't know. I don't really know very much about the sociology of it all, but... I do know that him being an introvert gives him time to focus more rather than, yeah, like you said, being surrounded by people and out in the midst of other people's things, of other people's dreams. He's, he's living his own. Mm-hmm. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. 
home tonight forever. Joey, first of all, I want to say how happy I am that you are back in Texas. And I also want to tell you that I love the fact that you brought two more people into my world. And of course, I'm ecstatic that I now have a daughter. I consider her my daughter, even though you two aren't married yet. I know it's going to happen. And she is just amazing. And I love Nick, too. So I'm wondering... I'm not going to marry Nick, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) But you guys can still hang out. That's okay. Okay. I'm sure Nick (laughs) will be relieved, too. (laughs) Okay. Your dynamic has changed a little bit, and you're not by yourself. You have this very special person in your life, and you have Nick as well. How do you think having these other two people in your life is going to affect your relationship with Alex? Oh, Alex likes both of them, so we all hang out together. Since I've been back, he came over and spent all the time with us one evening. We're trying to get it together so that I can come to his game nights and stuff as well. That's the whole reason I moved back to Texas is I want to be closer to my family. I miss my family. Two years seems like a very long time away from all the people that I know and love as much as I do. And Alex is definitely one of those people. So we're trying to make more plans together, trying to be together more, because that's the whole point that I came here. Right, right. Maybe not all of my listeners know, but the last two years have been really hard on our family because we lost your Uncle Jack two years ago, and then we lost Aunt Susan last year. And it feels like our family has been traumatized lately. Yeah, our mortality is very real, (laughs) it feels like right now. And there's no better way to celebrate that than by being with people that you love. That's the only way that you can get through all that, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you have something traumatic like that happen in your life, it really makes you focus on what is the most important thing. And family has always been important to us. But when you lose somebody you love, it becomes even more important to spend that time together. And I think one of the things I've noticed as I became an adult, and especially as I became a mom, is that the time really gets away from you unless you make a point of putting those dates on a calendar. And just for the benefit of our listeners, when Joey is talking about game night, we're not talking football, which is what most people in Texas mean when when they say game night. Alexander actually loves board games and card games of all kinds. And so he once a week has a bunch of friends come over to the house and they play one of a variety of games. I I thought it was really cool how he even supported a startup company that had a Kickstarter for a game. And have you played that game with him? I have. Yeah, I did play it with him. It was frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't played the one that he did with the Kickstarter, but I have played some of the other new games that he's got in, like Exploding Kittens. That was pretty fun. (laughs) That's the thing with Alex. Yeah, you never know what what he's going to come up with next. He is a big board game lover. I'll make him a Houston Texans fan someday, though, I promise. Well, <laughs> I don't know, honey. Football just doesn't seem to be anything that he gets too excited about. It's oh, funny because you two are so opposite in that way, you know. You... <laughs> but I think part of it was that you grew up loving all kinds of sports. You grew up loving swimming and tennis and 
golf and just about anything that you tried. And with Alex, it seemed like he loved the taekwondo. I think he really, really got into that. But aside from that, there hasn't been a sport that's really captured him, do you think? No, not so much. He's a writer. That's what he's always wanted to be. Right. Yeah. What advice do you have for other siblings whose brother or sister has a heart defect, especially a serious heart defect that might require multiple open heart surgeries? The only advice I can really give someone like that is to be there for your family. That's that's all you can do. And whatever support you give them is going to come in many shapes and forms. And it's up to you just to figure out what that is and what they need from you and to be that missing cog whenever it's not there. Can you give some examples of ways that you feel like you've been there for Alex? Well, we talked earlier about making things easier through me just talking to him and just trying to make him feel better about the situation. It's hard to say what you do to support them when it's a health condition like this. I was too young to really help him through changing his bandages or doing anything like that when he was younger. But I do know when he had his surgery when he was 17, the only way I really helped him was by coming to visit him. That was all I could do. I could visit him and try and make him feel better. Just emotional support is very important, I think. You may not realize, but as soon as he was feeling well enough, really, it was like the second or third day after his surgery, one of the first things he asked me for was his phone because he wanted to text with you. (laughs) I bought him some Pokemon games so he could play it in the hospital. He was like, I'm going to be in the hospital forever. So I bought him some Pokemon game. And I remember bringing that to him being like, hopefully this makes you not bored. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I remember that. I remember that he had that little Game Boy that he was playing on and we watched a ton of movies. And that's when I became addicted to Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, really? Yes. Alex got me addicted to Plants vs. Zombies. We beat everything. Sure he did. (laughs) It was fun. I know that when you came to visit him on Thanksgiving Day, it meant so much to him. The last place he wanted to be on Thanksgiving Day was in the hospital, and you came to be there with him. Do you remember that day? I do. Can you share a little bit of that with us? I remember being a little bit nervous to see him because I didn't know exactly what he was going to look like or, or how much he was hurting. I definitely didn't want to bother him. But he was really happy to see me when I came, which was nice. I was so I knew it was good that I came. <laughs> you know, I just remember talking to him about it, asking him how he was feeling. He was still in a lot of pain from after the surgery. Getting cut into is not fun. It seems like so he was dealing with a lot of that, and I just remember talking to him about what he was going to do next, how he liked the game that he was playing, what he was going to write about. You know, talked a lot about how bad he was feeling. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing was, he wasn't feeling bad from being cut into. He was feeling bad from having those stupid tubes because he had the plural effusions. And he had two tubes in for 26 days. It was just such a long time. And those, he told me, were much more painful than the scar on his chest Mm -hmm. because they kept pulling And he just couldn't wait to get those tubes out. I know that just seemed to last forever for him. And when he finally got those tubes out, he finally felt like, okay, now I can take a deep breath. Yeah. Joey, what advice do you have for parents who have 
more than one child, where one child has a heart defect and the other child is heart healthy? What I would say is that you need to give your children the time that they need, whatever that may be. I myself didn't need a whole lot of time because I was very worried about my little brother and I wanted my parents to make sure that he was okay. You need to stay together. As parents, you, you got to form a union and you got to make sure that you get your kids through this because I know that these difficult experiences, especially having a kid like that in the hospital, can tear people apart. And I don't think that that is good. I think that a lot more happiness comes from staying together, banding together with your family, whether your other child is heart healthy or you've got two kids who are in the hospital with congenital heart defects. Everyone bands together and it makes it better. It brings more happiness because there will be a time when you're not in the hospital. Things will get better and you want to be the people who stuck together when that time comes. When you were three years old, you were staying with Aunt Susan while I was by Alex's bedside in a hospital three hours away from home. And Aunt Susan called me at the hospital because this was in the days before there were cell phones. Joey is 26 and Alex is 23, so we didn't have cell phones back then. And I took the phone call near the nurse's station so I could still keep an eye on Alex. And I was really afraid to talk to you because at that point, the doctors had told us Alex probably wouldn't survive the surgery. And I felt like I was walking a tightrope between keeping it together and falling apart. And I remember talking to you and you said, hi, mommy. And you were so cheerful and happy. And I said, hi, baby, how are you doing? And you said, oh, I'm fine. Aunt Karen came and we went out to dinner and we went and played on the swing set. And then you stopped and you said, how's my baby brother? And it was one of the hardest questions I ever had to answer because I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I said to you that he had lots of doctors and nurses taking good care of him and that we were all doing the best that we could. And you got really quiet and you said, Mommy, you don't worry about me. You just take care of my baby brother. And that still makes me cry. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to talk to you without crying. But the fact that you were three years old and you were so perceptive that you knew that it's not that I didn't love you. You know, the fact that you weren't with me wasn't because I didn't love you, but it was because I had to take care of your brother. You have to prioritize. Well, you are my priority too, but you'll never know how much it meant to me to know that you were okay, that Aunt Susan, Aunt Karen, and Uncle Andre, Rachel, Megan, and Aunt Chrissy, that all of them were taking good care of you, and that you knew that I needed to be there for Alex. I was very fortunate to have family that was all there for me and was there for you guys. It was very fortunate. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Joey. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, my friends. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. And until then, please check out our new website. And that's www.hug-podcastnetwork.com. Have a great day and remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.
Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more.